Yeah. 
from God is the scriptures in any society, in any culture, in any religious society. And the ancient knowledge that were revealed to mankind are called Vedas. Veda means knowledge. And we have uh, so many varieties of knowledges in our modern society. We have knowledge to construct something. We do have knowledge to make a nice society. We do have knowledge uh, taking care of our body. We do have knowledge about uh, developing different relationships, uh, economic development social reform, reformation, or building up good thing in the society in order to survive. We do have varieties of knowledge that people go to the universities and learn to make their life a little easy and better. So the knowledge of our daily sustenance the knowledge that we need to maintain our body, physical body, uh, we have so many branches of it in this world. Some people are very advanced in one particular branch of the knowledge. Some people are very good in some other branches of the knowledge. This way they cultivate and develop varieties of branches of the knowledge in their life and life becomes easy, materially talking. So the knowledge we talk in Vedas, they do not directly talk about how to live our life, how to meet our daily needs, how to do the hand to mouth. These kind of knowledge are secondary to the knowledge that are given um, in the Vedas. So the knowledge that are given to the Vedas is about something which can end the quest of all the other knowledges in this world. that brings to an end to the struggling condition of living being just to maintain the physical body daily. Like we pray to the Lord, Oh Lord, please give me my daily bread. Yes, this knowledge is not mentioned in Vedas. Even though people are trained in such a way that these basic necessities of body is very easily fulfilled and people can do something higher that can lead them in search of knowledge higher than material uh, hankerings and desires and other things. So when these Vedas are revealed, they are not from this uh, physical world. They are not uh, man-made knowledge. 
they are very completely absolute and eternal to all time. Even though they were manifested right something about 5,000 years ago, these knowledge were eternal knowledge. Many, many million thousands of years ago. They are always, always there and always will be there. So when the Lord revealed this secret knowledge to the heart of some great sage, great being, great human being, they, in their pure state of consciousness, were able to bring them down to us today through disciplic succession from guru-disciple. So when one time long ago, we in the whole in this planet, the great great scholars, big big pundits, sages, were gathered in one place called Naimi Saranya, which is in modern India. In those days, uh, everyone, all the whole world was like one. There would be one king for the whole world. There would not be like Western world, Eastern world, America, India, like that. And Vedic knowledge are not meant for only India. It does not talk about any physical geography. It talks about all living being. That includes not only human, all the animals too. This is such a wide and great. It does not include some race or some geography or some particular area. It covers the whole world. And in the sages there in that Naimi Saranya were very, very great, great yogis. They would think about what is the soul, what is the nature of the soul. What happened to the soul when this body dies? How this transmigration of the soul takes place in different bodies? What is the ultimate goal of life? They were asking very beautiful questions related to not for the body, but for the soul. For the betterment of whole humanity. And there was a king named Pariksit who was a great king and devotee of the Lord. In those days, in the early days, the ruler of the society would be great ruler along with a great devotee of the Lord. So they would always abide themselves with the injunction, with the principle of the religion, of the Vedas, of the scriptures. So they would be very nice they would, like, they would be like a father. Every citizen would feel that, yes, this king is like my father. They, they would approach with such easy and comfortable way to the king. And they would take shelter of spiritual people and the scriptures. And with the knowledge they derive from such knowledge, and they would rule the whole world and there would be peace and prosperity in the society. And people would not think, would not struggle to just to maintain our life. But they rather they would always focus. Yes, how I am not going to fall down to this material world again. 
and how I am not going to go through again this repetition of birth and death in different spaces of life. Their thinking would be always very higher because they were well trained in spiritual science. And when they were asking such questions, very beautiful, none of them were asking them how can we expand our territory? How can we rule this world with great power? How can I enjoy the most material opulences in my life? None of those questions were in their question at that time. They were only talking about what is the best thing to do when one is about to die. So the Krishna conscious philosophy teaches people not only to live in a Krishna conscious way, but also how to die with better mind so that we can attain higher destination or ultimate liberation from this material world. So these are the basic philosophies, knowledge that we derive, we receive from studying Vedic knowledge, Vedic culture, Vedic tradition. And after hearing those beautiful questions, the, the teacher who was there at the time was Sutta Goswami. He was a great learned scholar who had received this science of bhakti devotion from his spiritual master was very much pleased and appreciating those people, disciples, for asking those beautiful questions. That would be very, very helpful to, not only for them, because they were already elevated soul, enlightened personalities, but that would be beneficial for whole humanity. And this is what we are receiving right now. And after he was very much satisfied by hearing those questions, and he talked about how people would be in this age then, many, many thousands of years ago. There he says, let me read from the book. Yes, in this age of Kali, which is the age of quarrel and hypocrisy, um, most of the people have uh, <coughs> but short lives. They do not live too long, maximum 100 years. And uh, most of the time that does not happen. And Prahina Opa Ayusha Sabya Kalvasminyogejanaha Manda Sumanda Matayo. Manda means what is very. What is Manda means, Prabhu? Very lazy. People are very lazy. They do not. Uh, very. I mean, they, they do not inquire about something good in their life. They just. Do not do extra for spiritual progress. Manda Sumanda Matayo. And they are lazy, very, very dull-headed, not very sharp, intelligent. All the intelligence is only with 
how can I enjoy better and more and satisfy my senses? All these things, all the intelligence are invested in these things. Not that how can I realize that I am a spirit soul, I am not supposed to struggle and suffer. All these things are superficial to me. I am the eternal part and parcel of the Lord. I belong to a person, the God, who is full in all the opulences. Like a beggar, uh, the son of a king, begging in the street, not knowing his father's position. He is begging every day in the street from people, Hey, have you have a quarter, please? But if he knows that his father is a king, he has a whole kingdom to enjoy. This is what happening to most of the people in this material world and struggling so hard. And they are talking about different, different issues about poverty, about famine, about every other political issues. Because of not knowing who we are, in fact. So, they say that, that he was explaining about the qualities of the people in this age of Kali. We do have a not long life, and we do not have very sharp intelligence, we, very, we are very lazy, we are dull, we are unlucky. Not good for soon, is there with us. And on top of that, we are always disturbed by so many external elements. Disturbed, always, not because of you, but because of your surrounding. So this is the situation we are living now. And in such a situation, how can we keep ourselves busy by not affected by those things? So the secret formula is given in the Vedic knowledge. Hey, living soul, you have gone through so many um, varieties of life in this world. You have been to heavenly planet. You have been to higher than there, Brahma Loka, Satya Loka, Jana Loka, Maharloka, Tapaloka. And what planet? You have been to so many places. You also do have experiences going down to the lower planetary situations. And you have experience living like a home in a school. And you have lived through so many varieties of body. And Vedic knowledge also has revealed that there are 8,400,000 different types of body one can experience, one soul can travel through. So you do have all kinds of experiences now. Why you want to use, enjoy the same happiness again in this world, which will not be anything different from that again? So the intelligent people, the first class people, they follow something, some good instruction only by hearing from the good source. Second class of people, they want to first experience themselves and if it is good, and then they want to accept it. But third class people, like me, we, we try to experience ourselves, and we do have sometimes bad experience, and again we want to do the same. 
Like if I am arrested and for some shoplifting and taken to the court, prison house, I am punished, I come out and again I do the same. I don't care if I have to go to the jail again. But if I were a first class people, if I knew that if I do some something bad, I would be punished, I would stay away from that. So these Vedas are teaching people, hey, be careful. This world looks like very beautiful, very glamorous. It seems like a lot of happiness is there, but you, you be careful. You do not get what you want in this place. So these are the ultimate knowledge which are taught in this Vedic knowledge. And if one practice this, then they can directly perceive that result in their life. It is not like only talking. By talking and if it does not happen anything, it has no meaning. Once we practice Vedic life style, like we chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra, Holy Names, and different, there are thousands of thousands of mantras. You have so much things in Vedic styles that if you wish to live a life in this way, you have instruction, guidance in that way. If you want to go up to Himalayas and do some meditation and think about the super soul within your heart, you have a guidance for that. If you want to become very rich and enjoy a material opponent life, you still do have choices. But it reveals to you, it says to you that which one do you want? You want to remain in this world and suffer life after life by enjoying a little bit of happiness? Or you want to go back to your home by performing little austerity and sadhana and then never come back and suffer like this? All the options is there open to all of us. And whatever we want, we will get it. So after hearing that, uh, the questions put by those great sages in that 97 year, so the Swami was very much pleased and he was directing everyone to do devotional service to the Lord without having any material desires. Just perform the service to the Lord and you become happy and everything you have, you need will be supplied to you. Krishna has promised in Bhagavad Gita, if you have studied it. If not, uh, we have a book, we can give it to you free. You can contact us after the class. So, if we get that, if we are dependent upon the Lord, and then only we can experience, we can enjoy the real freedom, real independence. Being dependent on the Lord, we can experience the independence of the soul. But modern people think that, no, to go to God is like to abide ourselves within some territory and then we are no more independent, we are no more uh, free. We cannot enjoy being under somebody's guidance. That is not true. 
There is a beautiful story. There is a, there is a beautiful story in Mahabharata. Um, there was a we all of us know that uh, we had uh, Pandavas and Kauravas, two brothers. Pandavas are five personal persons, and Kauravas they are hundred, one hundred. And Pandavas were very, very righteous people, very, very truthful. They were always following the instructions of the Vedas and they were always following the Lord in their life all the time. Whatever happened to their life, any kind of miseries, difficulties, hardship come, always remember the Lord. Never give up because they were always in the right path. And they were... Um, mistreated by those 100 brothers in their kingdom and they were kicked away from their kingdom even though they were the rightful heir of that kingdom but were deprived from enjoying the kingdom and they had to go to the forest for 14 years in exile with nothing even in that situation, they were very happy in their heart and just were happy with whatever arrangement was done by the providence. They had no problem to leave all the Apollon's kingdom behind and go to the forest and live a simple life. And they had a wife, one wife called Draupadi. She was very chaste, even though married with five brothers. But she was very, very respectful, faithful, and satisfied with whatever situation they had. They, she did not give, the, give them away. Oh, you are now in the forest, so you don't have anything, so I am no longer going with you. She did not say that. She wasn't there. And you still the high, the, the senior brother, was the leader, was very good. He was always meditating upon the sun guard. And he was very much pleased upon him and gave a special part to Pandavas so that they can have something to eat in the forest. That part is called, what is the part called? Aksaya Patra. Aksaya means that never destroyed, never vanished. Chaya means something that destroyed or finished or Go down. Outside means it never. And that part was presented to Draupadi. She was a lady, as a cook at home. She has to take care of the guests. Those Pandavas were in the forest. They did not have any palace to leave. They did not have any food to eat. Whatever they could find in the forest, like fruits, roots, water, nuts. So many things, they would live a life like that. And you also can find some wild rice in the forest. So, Draupadi was blessed with that pot by Yudhishthir Maharaj and said that when you have this pot, you can feed as many as, as many guests come to your house, to your heart in the forest, before you eat. Once you finish eating, you cannot, this, this part cannot produce any food. But if any guest comes before you eat, you can host thousands of guests 
without any problem. This is the part I am giving to you. And she had that. And when the glories of Pandavas was heard all over the world, the other envious brother, Duryodhana, is that Duryodhana? Yes. He became very envious in his heart. Oh, I thought I did not give them anything from my kingdom, but they still have so much to eat and they can host so many guests and all the people are satisfied with them and they are gaining the glories in there in this place and this may put us in danger. So he was become very, very envious in his heart. And he decided to defame those Pandavas one time. And he, he called a Rishi says, saint whose name was Durvasa. This, this Rishi, this sage is very, very anger, short tempered sage. If you just do a little mistake, you become like a fire. And if you do something good for him, he become very pleased and he also give you blessings. And the Yudhishthir, the Kauravas brother, invited Durvasa in his palace and said, My dear great sage, I respect you. I love you. I, we are very, very grateful for you, What for your knowledge. I have a little thing to do. The Pandavas, they are living in the forest. And uh, I need to do something for them, to put them down. I need your help. He did not say directly to him, so that he would not go there. But he talked in a nice way. So he said that you need to go to um, Draupadi's Pandava's place with your 1,000 disciples uh, to take a lunch from them. And you have, you have to go when Draupadi finished eating so that she can serve you better after eating well. Otherwise, if you go earlier, before, then she may be very hungry and she may not have energy to serve you. But once she finished eating, then you go and she will serve you better. And Drubhasamani said, okay, not a problem. He had thousands of disciples, he called everybody, and hey, tomorrow lunch is at Pandava's place in the forest. Be ready. Do not eat anything at home. Come and hungry. So that you can eat a lot. And when they sent the message to Yudhishthira Maharaj, once they were done eating, uh, Draupadi also finished eating and they called them that we are coming today for the lunch, please prepare very good food for us. And after hearing that, Draupadi was in great stress. Oh my God, I just finished eating, now I cannot have, I cannot do anything for them. But at the same time, if I am unable to cook for them, then he is a great sage, it will be a great defame for us. And he may curse us, and we may have to suffer another bad result, bad karma. And she was crying in her heart, praying to the Lord, Sri Krishna, and she approached Krishna at the time the Lord was still there with them. And my dear Lord, I am having a big uh, guest at my house today. I do not have any food to welcome them. So you are the only one ultimate, I mean, final 
help for me. If you can do something, please do it. She was crying in great anxiety. And the Lord asked her that, do you have any food grain that is left over? Maybe somewhere in the pot or anywhere? And she said, no, I cleaned the pot very clean with my own hand. There is nothing in the pot. I have no any grain left. And then the Lord asked her, maybe in your fingernail some, some grain may stuck. Just check it. And she was checking and she found very tiny grains stuck in between the nails. And Krishna says, give that to me. And he ate. And he said, wow, such a delicious meal you ate. You never called me, invited me to eat at your place. I should come next time. When Krishna ate that small tiny grain, piece of grain, all the sages, uh, the, the disciple of Durvasamani who were one thousands in number, they were going to the lake to take a bath before eat lunch. They started feeling all satisfied. They started feeling, oh God, I am very full. I cannot eat anything now. And they thought, if we go to them and do not eat anything, it will be bad for us. And they ran away from there. They did not even go to, to them. So this is how the Lord protects his devotees. This is a small example from the Vedas. So if we have a full faith and take shelter of the Lord and perform our activities according to the instructions we have given by the scriptures, there will never be any difficult, any problem in our life. Even though we may have a lot of material problems, then we may have different vision to see them. We see everything as, as a gift of God, even in problem. That quality is developed in every individual, no matter where we are from, who we are. So, this is why this knowledge is still relevant. Even though it's spoken many thousands of years ago, none of the words changed in this book. They are same. And we cannot say, oh, this was spoken 5,000 years ago, no more relevant in this time. Oh, yes, come on, this is for the old people. No. We find new knowledge, fresh knowledge, fresh message every time we study. And we think like, oh, this is just talking for me. New, new revelation in our heart happens every day when we study Bhagavad Gita. One verse you read ten times, you derive ten meaning. Hundred times, you still get more and more of, out of it. You never enough. You are never enough for anything else. So I'm running very, very late. Uh, I am very, very sorry. It is already six minutes uh, late to start our kirtan. And I know you may have many, many questions, but I have to skip today. And you can see me individually after the kirtan, if I'm not running away. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hare Krishna.
Ah, 